These guys keep asking me what I do and they know what I talk about, they know what it is. Change today, the liquor been taking the pain away. I heard you was. But this fuck everybody attitude ain't natural. But you ain't the same. This ain't kumbaya. But you got hurt cause you did kumbaya. You gave him 20 million without blinking. He gave you 20 minutes on stage. Fuck was he thinking? Fuck wrong with everybody is what you're saying But if everybody's crazy, you're the one that's insane Crazy how life works What is up, my friend? Good, bro, I'm chilling Chilling And it feels great to be back It feels great to be back, doesn't it? Hell yeah, it feels great Been about three months since we, since we shared the stage, man Man, I've missed this I've missed this And you know what? You know what? We What's could that? not have picked a better time to come back to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Like There's been nothing to happen in the last three months to even get half the hype of what we're about to talk about. Right. And man, the hype was there for this film. The hype was so built up. Right. And they delivered. They freaking delivered on this one, Marvel. Oh my gosh! But I'm gonna let you introduce it, Eric. Well, I, I I can't even I can't even believe it because like I'm I'm still processing. You know what I'm saying? I'm still processing the f- happened because this is something that like, and I'm gonna put it. I love using Skip Bayless, and I told you that when we talked about I was gonna go there when he talks about being at all the major events, Candlestick Park. Seeing Joe Montana and the Niners win it, MJ game, uh, you know, game six, you know what I'm saying? All that. This for us is the same equivalent to that. So, amen. Right. So, like, we're talking Spider-Man: No Way Home, folks. And for anyone who's been living under the rock for a pat for the past ten to fifteen years, understands that the early two thousands were the beginning of superhero movies standalones early 2000s marvel dc got in the game early 2000s batman and superman even and they had tv shows way back before then but now the 2000s were the time where superhero films would be dominant and then the 20 the 2010s and now and probably for the foreseeable next 10 to 15 maybe even 20 years of cinema superhero films will be dominant because they are considered a form of media now. They're not just a fad. They are a topic now. They are a film genre. So with that being said, in 2008, when Robert Downey Jr. held that legendary press press conference as Tony Stark and said, I am Iron Man, I was there. When the Avengers first assembled on screen for the first time i was there age of ultron i was there civil war winter soldier i was there when black panther made his entry i was there edward norton's incredible hulk i was there for all these amazing events infinity i was there 
I think we all in Endgame even we were all there. If we're talking, I every single MCU event for the most part I've been there, minus two or three. Doctor Strange, I was there, but never, never in my life. Oh, and I'll even I'll even give more context. Two thousand and four, Spider Man two, I was there. Oh seven, Spider Man three, I was there. Amazing Spider-Man 2, I was there. But never in my life have I seen anything like No Way Home with what we just saw. As everyone knows, we're entering into this time now where now it's about multiverse. It's not just about having a single shared universe Well, Eric, 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 let me stop you for a second. I'm going to let you keep talking. Go ahead. Let me, let me throw ahead. in one little tidbit here. I'm going to take it a Go step ahead. further because you're talking about cinematic events, dude. Star Wars The Force Awakens. I was there when you, that happened. We were dude. there. We, we were, were there. there when Star Wars The Force Awakens happened. When Joaquin Phoenix won the second Oscar for the superhero genre in Joker. We were there, we dude. We were there. We were there. So many historical movie events, dude. But my God, yeah. I've seen the craziest of theaters, dude. Infinity War. When all the Avengers got snapped away, we were there. Yes. And I'll never forget, man, just the sheer shock reaction from the audience. And I'll never forget watching the battle with Thanos and every significant blow getting bigger and bigger reactions from the audience. Thor showing up in Wakanda um, and then in Endgame. They all come back in the most dramatic fashion ever. And right before yes. that, Cap gets Thor's hammer. You know, they had this epic, perfectly choreographed three-on-one fight. Just yes. shout out to Marvel for those fights alone, dude. The choreography yes. of these fights is nuts. Yes. And then after that, they all come back, and Thanos finally gets... <laughs> they finally get him, but it's at the expense of Iron Man. Yes. And I'll just never forget Spider-Man's heartbreaking reaction, but the hype from all that. None of that compares to No Way Home. None of it. None like, of it. Damn it, like, Marvel. How do you do this? Right. Like, like, make it make sense to me, Evan. Let, let, and let me pose this to you. And then I'll ask you a question. We talk about Batman and DC being a Batman-centric brand, right? That's the only hero they can seem to get right. Right. We understand that. And listen, and then we we look at Marvel though, and like we were talking about the other day, bigger bag and selection of street level heroes. We're talking Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage. Even those characters are heavily beloved. Oh shit. Mm hmm. You there, Brody? Yeah, I'm here, dude. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, I was saying, yeah, even those characters, the B level, the street level characters, Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage, all those guys are heavily beloved by Marvel. I mean, by Marvel fans. But when we talk about Spider Man, Spider Man, if we had to choose one from the Marvel roster, he's their Batman. All the rest, yes, he yeah. is their Batman. He is the Batman of Marvel. No character has gotten more shine in me in any entertainment medium, video games, uh, movies, book, comics, than Spider-Man. And that's what's so amazing. So 
going into No Way Home, this film already had heavy expectations, not just because of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, in my opinion, but because of the legacy of Spider-Man in general, of every single iteration, cartoons, animation, video games, people just love Spider-Man. And I'm like, I ne- I've never seen, like, early 2000s Spider-Man, we understood. That was awesome. All that, that hype was there. But there's never been so much hype within the past two to three years for Spider-Man. And he's been running it these past five years for Marvel. 1.6 something billion in revenue stream for Marvel alone off Spider-Man. So my question to you is with all of that, any way that you didn't see No Way Home being this big because i promise you i wasn't expecting it i didn't think homecoming and respect the homecoming and and far from home i don't like those films as much but even the hype for those films if there was any they were they were solid spidey films but like were you expect the hype for no way home to be this freaking big almost bigger than a whole ensemble if not already bigger than an ensemble Avengers movie. Hold what were you up, expecting? Hold that? up. Is that a serious question? That's a serious question. You're seriously asking me. Hold on a second. Eric. Because look. Hold here, on. Stop. Just stop. Before, stop. Before, let me explain myself. Let me explain okay. the question. Let me explain. I'm saying that only because I went into this film with the expectation that we were already seeing Alfred Malone see Willem Dafoe. I, Jamie Foxx, all the other villains, my full expectation going into this film, and I would accept no less, was to see Andrew and Toby and Tom all team up together and all share the screen. And they gave us that and a bunch more, you know? Matthew freaking Murdoch. And Matt, yes! And Daredevil. So that was... That was my that was my my concern. And I know Marvel would never disappoint me like that, especially when it comes to Spider-Man. But that was just my expectation level and anything less than that for me with this Spider-Man film, especially when we're talking about multiverse multiverse, it would it wouldn't have hit for me. So that's the question. So 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 your thoughts. I mean, my thoughts are you really shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it no, was I, mean, pre- I mean, if you're if you're going to bring back, you're going to go through the trouble of bringing back Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe and Jamie Foxx. And all due respect, I forget the actors' names of Lizard and Sandman. Um, Thomas Hayden Church for Sandman, and I forgot who Lizard was. But yeah, I, yeah. Okay, exactly. All right. You go through the trouble of bringing all them back, but you're telling me you're not going to bring back Toby and Andrew? Right. Really? Really? I really? mean... They didn't reveal it, but everybody had a sense this is what was going to happen. This is what was going Right, right. And the mere thought of that happening is what brought people to the theaters. So, yes. Right. I mean, because first of all, dude, I've said on this show a million times <clears throat> that Tobey Maguire is not a Spider-Man I care for. I've since changed my mind. I don't think he's the best one, but he's solid. But right. I have said in the past that I think his first two films are the best ones. 
I've, I've since changed my mind since seeing No Way Home. I think it's the best one now. But prior to oh, this, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought the first two Spider-Man movie were the uh, were the best. Why? Shit. Right. Why? Because uh-huh. of Willem Dafoe uh-huh. and Alfred Molina. Uh-huh. And after seeing this film, I'm going to say something very bold. Okay, I've never had a third favorite, like, solid villain. Uh-huh. It's always, For me, it's always been Heath Ledger number one, Molina number two, and number right. three, we can go all over the place. Right, right. Willem Dafoe has earned that spot in the big three. He... Dude, he was scary in this film. Brutal. He was just freaking scary, but we'll get to that in a minute. Brutal. But I mean, of course I expected the film to be this high, because as I was saying, I think those two films were the best because of Alfred and Willem. And yeah. you're bringing them both back. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing to bring back one of them, but you're telling me Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina are going to share the screen? Right. And boy, did they. Boy, did they. That spider sense of yours is some trick, Peter. (laughs) What? Insane. Dude, this film, for me, every criticism of Tom Holland goes away. Peter Parker hasn't had to make the tough decision. Boy, did he in this one. Peter Parker hasn't experienced anything tragic. Yes. Huh? Right, right, right. He has now. He has now. Peter Parker... You know, Peter Parker's movies haven't gotten to the point. He just doesn't seem like a brutal Spider-Man. <laughs> Boy, was he in this film. Dude, it got so bad that Tobey Maguire had to save Green Goblin's life. Crazy. Tom Holland absolutely put the whooping of a lifetime on that dude. <laughs> right. And he I... did. I, I loved, and the right before that fight scene, what was it Green Goblin said? Um, my God, what was it? Oh, how sweet Peter Parker come to, uh, what was it? He said something to really piss off Peter about why Peter was there, and Peter Parker's response was, no, I just wanted to kill you myself. I just wanted to kill you myself. And I'm like, there he is. There he is. Oh, when he said that, I I actually thought of you. I was like, I wonder what Eric's thinking after hearing him say that. Man, you don't don't understand. Because many a time on this podcast, I've always cited to you about those, the the one more day storylines. The storylines where Peter had to sacrifice his marriage to MJ and make that tough choice in order for Aunt May to live. But it comes at the cost of the future he wanted with MJ. Those tough choices, you know what I'm saying? I cite right. I cite so many of those stories because often Gwen Stacy dying. I cite so many of those stories because at the source of Spider-Man, that's what makes him so relatable, whether he's at the high school level, the college level, or whether he's a young adult. There is not a superhero in the game right now who is more relatable to a mass audience than Spider-Man. And so, you know, at kids going through high school, kids going through college, they can relate to Peter on that level. But Peter has never been, you know, the, the, the weight of that quote with, with uh, great power comes great responsibility is never applied until he has to make a tough choice or until he goes through something tragic. And so for Tom, 
I'm not, and I and I tell people this. I said, look, with with homecoming and and far from home, I'm not mad that they made that decision to have him be a, a an apprentice of Tony Stark and to sort of use Tony as that father figure. I'm not even mad at that. You do have to innovate and find a different way to do it. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I might see those films differently now in retrospect, now that I've seen No Way Home. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go back and watch them. But what I will say is that when they did this right here, because this is no squabble over what you're going to tell MJ about your feelings over homecoming. This is not you beefing with her father, who he himself wasn't a tragic bad guy. He was just someone trying to make a living and hated what the government did with the Avengers and how they treated people after uh, New York. So this this ain't that. This ain't no Mysterio you dealing with. This was these are those guys. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about someone who accidentally shot Uncle Ben when his partner was running over with the cash or Spider-Man 3. You're dealing with guys who, and I know that doesn't make sense because he wasn't a bad guy either, but still, you know, we're dealing with guys who have severe mental issues and can flip on you in a coin. Guys who got, we're talking about Willem Dafoe here. We're talking about Doc Ock here. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are mm-hmm. major villains. This is not a game. And so when they put Willem Dafoe in No Way Home, I'm like, oh, they got to go all the way with this now. You can't, I mean, it can't just be no, you know, whatever. They got to go all the way with this. The same way Toby got his ass beat, his cheeks clapped, so to speak, in the first Spider-Man. And you saw how brutal Willem Dafoe was in that one. I'm like, you got to go all the way with it. Whatever happens in this film, Tom Holland's Peter has to feel the full weight of what the Raimi verse villains were bringing. It can't be halfway because, you know, you know, the MCU tends to pull some punches back depending on what the character and who the character is. But with this, oh, you had to go all the way in. And boy, did they. Willem Dafoe tore Tom Holland a new asshole, boy. (laughs) Excuse my language, but that's just true. Spidey sense went off. You know what I'm saying? Tom, Dan, that was a brilliantly shot scene. I love the way they filmed his spider sense in that scene, by the way. That was beautiful. And then, you know, Willem uh, Norman switches, you know, oh, Norman's on vacation, honey. And then they start, everything just goes to crap. You know, Jamie Foxx's Electro goes crazy. Everyone starts, you know what I'm saying? And then Tom starts fighting Green Goblin. And then all of a sudden, that switch came on and he starts laughing. Next thing you know, Tom getting his ass power drive through three floors, getting slammed, suplex, duplex, all that. I'm talking about he beat Tom ass worse than he did Toby in the first Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful to see, and I'm like, okay, now he's messing with something that he truly doesn't understand. Because I understand that you want, you know, you don't want the world to know about Spider-Man, and you want to make it better for you. But now you've already opened that door, and it's too late. Now you're dealing with stuff that's beyond a Spider-Man's control. You're supposed to be friendly neighborhood. This ain't about the neighborhood now. This is about the universe, the multiverse, and so. You know, it it just it was epic to me how they did it. And so 
and not only that, and I before and I I'll say this before I pass it back to you. Um, there wasn't a lot of closure with Toby and Andrew. There never has been. When Spider Man three came out, I told you that after that they announced Spider Man four was set to come out, but then they canceled it because they were going to reboot with Andrew. And after I watched Spider Man three, I was sad when they did that because I'm like, man, we really didn't get a you know closure like we did we wanted to see what was next but spider-man 3 ends in such a way that if it's the last movie then that's okay that's a solid conclusion to the raimi trilogy and then andrew got cut short with two you know what i'm saying which was crazy because he was a he's a very underappreciated spider-man and people recognize it now you go look at the twitter feed you go look at everything campaigns bring back andrew for a solo whatever the case that's besides the point but andrew got his love it wasn't just enough to bring all the spider-man together it was about having a whole conversation about all of them and they did it's in the writing the writing for no way home was brilliant they're having conversations with each other, talking about what they went through in their own galaxy, in their own universe, and how they all relate. You know, Andrew's like, oh, I'm lame compared to you guys. Toby's like, no, man, you're amazing. You're amazing. I need you to know that. You're, And I'm like, bro, you know, him saving MJ and, you know, reconciling that with losing Gwen, beautiful, beautiful moment. And I'm like, Wow. Marvel spared no expense. They really gave closure to all. They know that Spider-Man find actor playing a character. There's multiple different facets to play ways to play Spider-Man. That's why there's three different actors. So it's just beautiful to know that they did that and that it was a celebration of Spider-Man overall and that all three of them can be appreciated the way that they are. And so, you know, but I, but your thoughts, bro. Your your thoughts. I mean, dude, I agree with everything you just said, and then some. <clears throat> I think that this film delivered everything I expected it to, and then some. I mean, getting to see sort of Alfred Molina sort of play the helper in this film, I thought was awesome, and just getting to see him again, dude. And yeah. I'm telling you, when I was watching this film for the first time, I was watching it, and I knew it was coming. Like, I knew Alfred Molina, but yeah. even though I knew it was going to happen, seeing that arm come up through the bridge, oh my God, it still hits. It did. It still you, like, I was like banging the chair in front of me almost, dude. I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be right. And Goblin showing up and like right. you said, that one scene where Peter's spider senses start going off, I was like, uh-oh. Like, the anxiety that that built up in me, I was like, dang, dude. Right. Intense. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's getting heavy now. Like, woof. And then, like I said, whenever he shot that web and Green Goblin looks at him, that spider sense is some trick of yours, Peter. I was like, ugh. Like, bro. It's crazy. Uh-oh, everything good on your end? Oh, yes, yeah, people popping fireworks. I'm sitting in my car, for those who don't know. It's sitting in the car because that's the only place I can get a podcast done these days is outside in the car. So, yeah, that's just because <laughs> they're popping fireworks all over the place. They sound like gunshots. Some morons probably hurt himself or blown off a finger or two. So, yeah. Ah. 
That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. But anyways, back on the film, dude. I mean, like you said, Green Goblin put a serious whooping on Peter. Yes. A serious whooping. But boy, at the end of that film, did Tom get his revenge. Gave him them hands, bro. I dude, he was... There was one move he pulled off four times in a row. He had him on his knees, and he'd web him on the shoulders, pull him down, knee him in the face, and while he's on the way back up, he pulled him back down again and did that four times in a row. It was epic. He gave him that knee to the head four times, and I was like, ooh, ooh, I was like, ooh. Jesus, ooh, Lord. I was like, this is not a kid movie almost. <laughs> no. That was no. like PG thirteen borderline R. Grown man, grown man, Spider Man over here, grown man. Oh yeah, dude. And then for Toby to step in and do what he did, yeah, that was I about cried because that was one of those you know, kid, you don't yeah. want to be a killer. Like when we're Spider Man, this is what we do. We protect the city, but we don't. You know, we're not about. We don't. We don't do that out of vengeance, right? Yeah, and then, you know, I think Tom Holland had a moment of this guy's being controlled. Like, he's not really a bad person. He's just a psycho. Right. And But then, man, for Toby to get stabbed, too, there was a moment there. The they theater, played too much. That theater I was in, they were like... <gasps> Everybody stopped breathing. I was like, oh, they're not going to do this. They play, they play too much. I thought, I'm like, Kevin Feige... You bullshit. You wouldn't dare. You wouldn't dare. It was, but then again, he did. He did. He did. They did take out Tony's, to, Tony. So you can't always be like. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't play like that. Don't do that. That that ain't right. Now I will say there is one disappointment that came with this film, in all seriousness. But it, wa- it it wasn't the movie itself. It was the post credit scene. Okay. Uh. For the for anybody that didn't catch the post credit scene, it's Tom Hardy Venom watching. I think he was at a bar, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at a bar. He's in the MCU because the and then Venom he just too. gets yeah. transported back. Yeah, yeah, they get trans they get transported back to their universe, but then you see like, oh no, a piece of symbiote's left behind. Right. And that's only disappointing because I was really wanting to see Tom Holland and Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, right? Yeah. That and, and but it I, doesn't I, seem that's good. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Oh no, I, I was saying, yeah, I could understand that because, I mean, if we if we go outside the movie from a business licensing perspective, too. No Way Home was released by Sony in partnership with Disney because that was the only way they could, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's really like from a business perspective, it's like Disney saying, okay, Sony, I got you. So we're going to let you, okay, go ahead and release it. And to this, and No Way Home is now Sony's highest grossing movie, but they still have Venom and Morbius and all the other Spider Man side characters they have uh, access to. I can under, I understand why they did that, and I understand the disappointment too, because that would have been great to see Tom. I mean, Tom Hardy and Tom Holland on the screen together, but also at the same time, it's like, you know, Sony's like, uh, uh-uh, we're, you know, Venom Two is coming off of a good run. Venom Two w- was received uh, nicely. First Venom was awesome, so they're definitely going for a third movie, and um, you know, they're gonna do that. 
But with this multiverse ordeal, you have to be careful about what doors you open because now, you know, because with No Way Home, which by far is probably the only comic book property that has done it correctly, bringing back past iterations and into the modern together, um, that can create a lot of continuity confusion for people. Because they're like, wait, weren't these different, you know, because for the past 10 years, I've been telling my family, you know, no, that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This character has nothing to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, now we're entering the multiverse phase and they're like, okay, now we can bring over characters from other universes. So now that is the part that people have to be really careful about, you know, so I understand why they did it. And if they bring Venom in, because there's going to be more tom holland spider-man movies people want to see more of tom holland after no way home that's guaranteed there are going to be more mcu spider-man movies and probably another trilogy he'll probably be the longest tenured spider-man before it's over with which would be awesome i'm all for it um if they do a new venom in the mcu if the mcu gets its own version of venom that's cool you know what i'm saying i'm not really you know what i'm saying upset about that but they do have to be careful with how many doors they open in the multiverse because that can get kind of messy narrative wise and story wise but hey i mean it was good to know that it's good to know that venom knows that there was another universe where iron man and the hulk and captain america and all those you know that was pretty that was pretty fun that that was fun i can't lie so sony and disney kind of had a little fun a little bit with that (laughs) and so i mean that's great but um yeah i can understand the disappointment with that um other than that i don't think i have any certain disappointments with this film nothing about it really um disappointed me it did everything that it was supposed to do and some you know and by the end of the movie tom spider-man is um he lets mj and ned live on their own you know decides their lives are better off without him which was a that was hard hard. that was was hard. hard right that's hard tough that was a spider-man decision right there he goes he doesn't have any stark tech anymore he doesn't have any of that anymore because the world doesn't remember who he is um and he makes some suit you know which which is what people were excited for they were excited for that they were so happy to see that he finally you know made his own suit on his own and what's the kicker what's brilliant is that you you just love it when a character can be can be with past iterations or represent past iterations but also become something new and modern and become the bet you know the definitive kind of version for now you know what i'm saying and i think that's what tom did with this one cuz the suit which they've seen the new suit it is the exact replica of the first 1960s version spider-man suit that he had the classic blue and red, you know what I'm saying, with the small kind of spider in the center, the eyes and everything. It's the classic suit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. So I'm like, now, if, if you were to tell me, if you were to say to me, Eric, I think Tom Holland is the definitive Spider-Man, I wouldn't even debate it with you. Because in this film, they brought Toby and Andrew as well to respect them and pay respects to them as Spider-Man suits, storylines and all. 
to pay respect to them, give them closure while also letting their lessons be a lesson to Tom Spider-Man and helping him out. You know what I'm saying? And now he's learned his lesson about what it really means to be Spider-Man, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Now Tom is like, it's the same equivalent to Daniel Craig at the end of Skyfall, you know, when they transition from MI6 and the high tech fancy building. And now it's back to the old school Sean Connery days where they used to, he used to walk in through the door and money pennies there with the office. And, you know, it's that same transition where you just hit like, wow, that's Spider-Man there. That's him. And so after this dude, and I'll, I'll say this, I'll, before I hand it back to you, I'll say this, and I'm I'm willing to stand on this. After No Way Home, there will never be another Peter Parker Spider-Man. There will never be another Peter Parker Spider-Man except Tom Holland after that. Ever. Ever. They're going to start bringing out Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen and all the other different variations because, you know, it can't always be Peter Parker, but I'm very comfortable with saying that in the next... 10 years we're probably not going to see another iteration of a peter parker spider-man outside of the three that we've witnessed the this pat these past two decades it's just not going to happen it's too much history it's too much greatness you know and i'm like i'm I'm satisfied with that i can live with that uh you know i i I don't know if he'll be the last one, but I totally get where you're coming from, and I really can't argue, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's always money to be made in Peter Parker. That's true. I think when you've been around this long, I mean, you look at Batman, there's been God knows how many iterations of him, and we're getting two more next year. So Yeah. Yeah. It's like they. I think the MC, he's they're, they're really stoking flames. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Like Jamie Foxx saying, telling Andrew, he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, man, I, I, I know I, I used to see you, bro. You used to always be helping poor people, helping the community. I, I just thought you'd be black. I thought, I know it's got to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. The whole crowd said, ooh, because everyone knew he was talking about Miles. I'm like, Marvel knows what they're doing. They know what they're doing here. You know? It's just, oh, it's, yeah. They, they know what they're doing. And now it's like, I, I can't. Now, this doesn't mean now for people who have this expectation, because there are crazy people out there like that. No, this does not mean that we're about to see three different versions of every single character, every other film. No, this does not mean that you're going to get to see Mark Ruffalo's Hulk and Eric Banner's Hulk and Edward, and all. No, it does not mean that we're not about to get three different versions of every single character just because spider-man did it would be nice though to get three versions of hulk that would be nice i'm not gonna lie i would like that too i would would just like to see edward norton's hulk beat the ever-living crap out of the other two that would be beautiful that's just me because i am not a i don't even know the name of the first guy that played hulk that's how eric eric banner i yeah i couldn't care less about his hulk movie and then Mark Ruffalo's Hulk started out cool, but from Infinity War on, I mean, holy crap. They fucked him up. He was horrible. I mean, he he didn't even, like, he got his butt kicked one time, and he's like, oh, Hulk scared, never want to come out again. And I was like, yep. what? Come on, man. And then in yep. Endgame, they really messed with me. 
Because it was like, oh, Hulk is back, but he's Smart Hulk. Who asked right. for that? Who asked? I'm like, for oh, that? I'm like, oh, Jesus. I mean, seriously, I'm just thinking like people just tear stuff up. Right. Nobody want to see Hulk just give lectures on science? Boring. Right. Like I wanted I, to see Hulk get his revenge on Thanos. Just get a couple shots in. Like something. Like, yeah, the one to kill him needed to be Iron Man, but like you could have had like Hulk body slam him. Yeah. Some kind of revenge. If people if people wanted to see Smart Hulk and him talk about gamma radiation and all that, all of that went away when Edward Norton walked away for creative differences because he did want to do that. He wanted to show more of the struggle between Bruce Banner and Hulk and trying to find the cure. So all that smart Hulk stuff that y'all wanted to see, if you wanted more of that, they should have stuck with Edward Norton, but that wasn't the direction that they were going. So they recasted him. They're the same Hulk. It just went a different direction. So, I mean, not much you can do about that. I I like the Edward Norton design better too. Oh, yeah, he was more brutal. He was beautiful. Dude, I'll never forget when he was fighting Abomination. One of my favorite parts in that fight is when he took the police car, ripped it in half, and used it as boxing gloves. Yes. And then Abomination. Is that all you got? <laughs> yep. Shout out to early early 2000s MCU. Shout out to the to, to early MCU, that first phase MCU. That they really beautiful. were classics. They were classics. Beautiful. But dude, there was one disappointment, and I don't want us to go off on a long tangent on this, but I feel like it's going to happen anyway because I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. Whatever it is, we're going to agree on it, probably. So there won't be a beef no. arguing. But go ahead. I'm ready. I, I had the same thought when I was watching Endgame. I had the same thought when I was watching Infinity War. And I had the same thought when I was watching the very first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But now it's gotten slightly worse. I used, worse. To, I used to think, man, wouldn't it be great if this could be the Justice League one day? Wouldn't it be great if I could see Batman, Superman, Flash, and Wonder Woman team up and maybe Green Lantern or Cyborg? I don't know. Rotate some people in. Right. You know, whatever. But now, after watching No Way Home, I've reached a conclusion, Eric. Yeah. You know, you know what my conclusion is? What is your conclusion, bro? In the direction they are headed now. Now, granted, maybe Black Adam is good. Mm-hmm. Maybe, just maybe, possibly, Flashpoint might be amazing. I don't know. God, I hope it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really hope it is, Eric. Yeah. But if... I mean, but those are big ifs. Yeah. But at the current rate, from what I've seen in movies they've announced, I just don't see in the near future how DC can make a film like a Spider-Man No Way Home or an Endgame or an Infinity War. Like yeah. A, a film like that Yeah. with those iconic moments. Now, don't don't get me wrong. The Suicide Squad was good. It was a step in the right direction. Yeah. I, I think it fixed a past mistake. I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I do believe 
that Robert Pattinson's Batman will be a great movie, especially after seeing the Cat and the Bat trailer, watching Batman oh, yes. warp, warp people with a rifle. I mean, yes. that just looked brutal. Um, but there's just not been a DC film, I hate saying this, to reach the peak of what Marvel continues to do on a regular basis. They do this on a regular basis, man. And they yeah. just keep doing it. And DC, I mean, we strike gold once or twice here and there. Here and there. The Dark Knight, Joker, Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know, there, yeah. there, there's good films here and there. Like, I'm not saying DC makes all bad films. Right. But damn it. But then they Marvel, go right back to bullshitting and doing Marvel, something else, yeah. But like on the flip side, Marvel can't miss. They can't. They I, even their worst movie, the worst Marvel movie, is better than eighty percent of what DC has made in the last decade. That's just my opinion. I mean, I yeah. I, I, I would put. Uh, let me think. What's the worst one for me? Thor the Dark World is, in my opinion, the worst. Okay, Thor the Dark World is better than Suicide Squad. It's better than Z uh, the Joss Whedon Justice League. It is. It is. Better than Wonder Woman 84. Way better. It's better than Shazam. Yes. It's, it's better than Batwoman. It's yes. better than... Hold on, I'm thinking. It's just better than so many projects. Yes. And... And that's a bunch of projects. I, I would say it's better than Aquaman. Yeah. I mean, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even argue that. If you, yeah. I. We've spent so many episodes. I know. Talking. I saw the post, dude. But yeah, and know, I, I. That wasn't. That wasn't towards you. That was towards I know, man, the I audience. Know, but we we can we can't avoid it. Yeah. It's. They, it just keeps happening. It keeps it, happening. It just keeps. Yeah. Like, I'm happy for Marvel. Don't get me wrong. I watched yeah. No Way Home, and it was amazing. I had a great time. That was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Right. The best Marvel movie I've ever seen, in my opinion. Yes. But, damn. Yeah. DC. Like, I, like the Batman looks good. You know, yeah. it, it'll probably be a great movie. I'll enjoy it. Yeah. But... And especially, man, I have such mixed feelings after watching the Zack Snyder Justice League. Like, on the one hand, I'm glad he got his movie. But on the other hand, that just felt like the world's biggest tease. Yeah. Of what we will never see. Yeah. And if, and if the tease was that beautiful, a four-hour tease was that beautiful, just imagine what everything else could have been. I mean, Dark Side was awesome. Oh, he was I, beautiful. He was, and 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 I'm gonna agree with you on this because now I think this is the first conversation where we're actually going to agree. Because we can talk about the ifs and the how and what happened and how it happened all day, but now we're at a point now, brother, where it don't even matter. It just doesn't. Because we talked stats the other day, right? And my opinion, my opinion to you was that during the early 2000s, Marvel 
had already had their hand in the bag with a bunch of different characters, even in their own solo films, way before they even started the MCU. You know, they weren't branching themselves off. Marvel was never a Spider-Man only brand. It was never just a a Hulk only brand or X-Men only brand. All of those characters. No, they had a bunch of films. I mean, just off the top, they had the Fantastic Four films, the X-Men films, Blade, Blade, had a whole trilogy, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, like the one Hulk movie, Ghost Rider. Ghost, uh, yep. I mean, and whether the movies were bad or not, you know, they kept making them. They kept making them. They uh, were, in, yeah. And then with DC, I mean, the only characters, it's like Batman gets the 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 special royal treatment. Now, now, granted, he, he is my favorite character. I love Batman, and this is coming yeah. from a Batman fan. Like yeah. Batman has always been my favorite. The Dark Knight, in my opinion, is still the greatest superhero movie ever, and it's going to take a lot to dethrone it. But, you know, on the flip side, it's kind of unfair to compare a film like The Dark Knight to No Way Home. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because The Dark Knight is mostly it's a acting clinic, beautifully written, impeccably told story. Just perfect. It's it's an artisan film at its heart. It's amazing. Yeah. No Way Home was just cinematic masterpiece. Glory. Just big time scene after big time scene after big time scene. Yeah. After big time scene. Yeah. But uh it's, like, like you said, dude, it don't even matter. But damn it. Yeah. And you know what really makes me mad? I'm playing a video game right now of the called Batman the Telltale series. Yeah. And I'm playing this game and I'm just like, man, this is such a great story. Yeah. Why can't they do this for other characters? Right. I mean, let me let me let me let me sour the mood a little bit more. Oh, think sorry. about think about this. Go for it. If we're talking about the future, rumored today, it's rumors, but it's rumored that the Flashpoint will totally reboot the DCEU and they will start over from scratch with a new multiverse with the characters that are in that film. It's rumored. Well, okay, go ahead, and then I, I'll say something. Go ahead. Uh, okay. The, the rumor further explains that Henry will be gone as Superman. Ben will make his final appearance as Batman, and then that's a wrap, and they're going to do whatever, and then it's going to start over. So the point is that even if, you know, and that's burying, that's cutting off and severing ties to everything Snyder Snyder-related. You know what I'm saying? That's done. So even after that, it it still wouldn't matter now. It just still wouldn't matter what they try to accomplish as far as the cinematic universe perspective because all of that that they did, they just they've actively cut ties. And and I'm this is coming from I'm gonna be unbiased about it. I'm gonna be unbiased about it. I'm just telling the truth and looking at it how it is. Even the promotional posters and everything that they're doing for HBO Max and the future Warner Brothers movies, none of that stuff has anything that they did in the early DCEU. None of it. There's none. That's just what it is. That's not even me as a Snyder fan. That's just a general observation. There is no Henry Cavill Superman. There's no Ben Affleck Batman. There's none of that. There is just what they're doing now, the Harley Quinn series. They'll put they show Michael Keaton's Batman. 
you know, and then they put above the banner line icons or icons for a reason. And I'm like, okay, I, I can understand that. But it's just the fact that they're talking about building for a cinematic universe that they are actively moving away from that they've closed the book on. And that's fine. If they want to do that, that's cool. But with that, it's still not going to matter because everything that you had built the base on is now ended. You stopped it. And so moving forward, you still don't have a figurehead. You still don't have anyone. It doesn't even have to be Zach. Take Zach out the equation. Anybody. You still don't have a figurehead to 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 morph to mold the universe. You won't have a mainstream Superman. You got Tyler Hochkin. That's DC TV universe Superman. But he's not DCEU main universe Superman. You got no Superman. You got no main universe Batman, but you got a solo Batman who has no universe. You know what I'm saying? And fans are like, oh, well, Keaton's going to take over that role. I'm like, all right. I mean, cool. Do that. But to finish my point, then I'm going to pass it to you. It's just not going to it's not going to matter if and if they if DC has to revert back to this solo franchise thing that they're doing now, like they always used to then do that fine okay because there's no way you guys are gonna even from a let's switch from a movie to a business perspective let's talk about box office let's talk about trends and merch these guys have not a snowball chance in hell evan of conjuring up anything that will even come close to the same vicinity as what Marvel has done from a business perspective for the past 10 years, they're not going to be able to do it. Why? Number one is because they're hard-headed. They don't listen to fans. Number two is because they're too darn inconsistent. It's not going to happen. And I hate that I'm saying this to you now, but it's something that, we, that we've argued about, that we debated about. I had my bitterness about it because I hated how things went down. And how it happened to DC, you had your reasons as to why you believed it happened. But overall, now that we've seen No Way Home and that we've seen what Marvel has laid out for the next five to ten years, people agreeing with you and saying that it's too late for DC. From a cinematic universe perspective, it's like even if they wanted to begin going in the same direction and going with the cinematic universe game plan that they have, it just wouldn't matter. It wouldn't. You might as well stick to your solo movies, stick to doing, you know, don't even, you know, leave it alone because you're not going to do right. They're not going to do right. They're not going to behave. They're not going to treat the directors or the creators any, any different, you know, they're just not going to, I don't believe in WB's capability to change. I'm not going to fault them for their cinematic universe. I mean, for their solo films, because they make amazing solo films. Batman looks like it's going to be a masterpiece, which I believe it will be. But that's him by himself. If you want to make a solo Superman movie by itself, hell, I believe that would even be good. But when it comes to this cinematic universe stuff, man, and shared characters and shared universes and even do right with a singular shared universe. So there's no way 
actually even do right with a multiverse because number one and then they don't even have the characters to even branch out on a multiverse the green green lantern doesn't have that much exposure wonder woman just got her exposure flash is just now getting his first movie cyborg just got his first exposure dc in other words dc doesn't even have enough skin in the game with their other cast of characters outside of superman and batman to even talk about doing a multiverse they don't have it they don't have it unless they're willing to be patient for 10 I doubt they are because they want results now, but they don't even have enough skin in the do game. You do you finally it. agree with me that the cinematic universe was rushed? From a business perspective, do you yeah. find ways? I mean, because I'll this, always, this is, yeah, this, I'll, I'll, this I'll has always been agree. my biggest point from day one when it comes to the DC cinematic universe. I, I have said this. Over and over and over again. Um, and I'm going to die saying this. And there's nothing that can ever be said to change my mind because I have two eyes. The cinematic universe of DC failed for one reason. The reason being is they tried to do... In two, they gave a director an impossible task. Okay, Man of Steel was amazing. It was a great film. All right, it was a, a really great Superman film. All right. Yes. After that, they told this man, make a movie to do in one film, one movie, what Marvel did in six. Now, am I saying DC had to make six movies before Justice League came out? No. You did not have to do that. You didn't have to do exactly what they did. I'm not saying copy Marvel. What I'm saying is what Marvel did was you're going to, but before we even think about the Avengers, what are we going to do? Okay, here's Iron Man. Here's, oh, and Iron Man gets his exposure, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's uh, Thor. Give him his exposure. Here's Captain America. They get their exposure. Yeah. Okay, they yeah. are, they're all interesting. They're all good. Yeah. Now we're going to put them together. Yeah. What they told Zack Snyder to do, here's Superman. Here's his exposure. Next movie, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. In one film. And on top of that, here's Doomsday. And on top of that, we're going to go ahead and kill Superman, get that out of the way. And on top of that, here's the doom. Uh, um, at the very end of the film, no wait, that was at Justice League, where that Le- yeah. Lex Luthor had his post credit scene. But my point is, man, in one film they gave Zack Snyder an impossible task, and for what it's worth, I think he did the absolute best with what he could. I don't think anyone could have done that film any better. Okay. Batman v Superman to me felt like a it felt like season eight of Game of Thrones. Now, not as bad as season eight, where it was like, oh, this is terrible, but in the sense of, yeah, this is this is just getting rushed. We are just really trying to push this out. Zack Snyder had guys breathing down his neck from day one saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah, and I told you, Eric. When your first team-up movie does not make a billion dollars, that's a problem. 
that should tell you something, especially when you have Batman and Superman, the two most iconic characters of all time in the superhero. Now, that's not true anymore, but it was back then. Back the two, then. Mo the two most recognizable faces, Batman and Superman. And you tease you're going to throw in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wow. And it it couldn't even it's, bring in a billion. Couldn't even bring in a billion versus the Avengers. Yeah. Iron Man, Cap, and Thor were not nowhere near as popular as Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Their film brought in $1.5 billion. Why? Because there was more hype build up. There was story build up. More and more, they took their time. They laid a firm foundation. They built the story. Beautifully built. Whereas poor Zach at DC, they just said, hey, you got one movie to tell the same amount of story that Marvel did in five or six movies. Yeah. And it didn't work. And yeah. poor Zack Snyder, after that, the unthinkable happens, and he says, okay, I don't have the energy to fight you guys. I'm done. I right. don't blame him for leaving. Any Everyone should respect his decision. The man had every right to leave. I support his decision. Right. They brought in Joss Whedon, and he took – he did something that was truly terrible. What he did was, okay – the MCU fans were not interested in the DCU because it was so different, right? Yeah. They weren't interested. Yeah. So, but there was a following going to the DC movies, and they liked them because they had the Snyder touch. Yeah. Justice League tried to appeal to an audience that didn't care about the DCU anyway. Right. Let that sink in. And then once Justice League failed horrendously. Oh, wait, I take that back because before Justice League failed horrendously, Suicide Squad, while having a massive opening weekend, didn't bring in crap afterwards because once people saw that film, word got out and the hype for the DCU was dead at that point. And then Justice League comes out, Justice League, yeah. and, they, and they nailed their own coffin shut. Right. Whatever hype the DCU had died with that film. And then Aquaman got a little bit of a buzz going, but then Wonder Woman 84 came out, and it was just hated. It was terrible. And then Shazam, while having great reviews, was a box office flop. Yeah, And the only film that's been a box office success and has gained a massive audience has nothing to do with the DCU. Yeah. <sighs> it's so a tough... DC's only chance right now, Eric, their only chance is to scrap the memory of the failure that was the DCU. They have to. Because you're not going to build on that. You know, I was I was actually reading, Eric, this is a very great time to use this analogy. I'm going to quote Jesus Christ. Uh, you know the parable about the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand? Yeah. All right, Marvel built their house on the rock. 
DC tried to, they built theirs on sand. And it's fell. It has fallen. It's done. Their only chance is to say, okay, try to forget that ever happened. Don't think about Shazam and all those other films that failed. Yeah. We're going to give you something different now. Forget that happened. They can't go the way they've been going, man. Like They are going to if they try to keep going with what they've been going. I think yeah. David, uh, not David Ayer, I think James Gunn's Suicide Squad was a massive step in the right direction that gave me hope for the rest of the DC uh, for, uh, in the future. Um, but no, I, I, I will definitely say that for the foreseeable future, and by that I mean my lifetime, I don't see how it's possible that the DCU can uh, get in the same vicinity of Marvel's accomplishments with what they've been able to do with the MCU. Um, I, yeah. I would definitely agree with that because the more I watch the MCU and I'm watching No Way Home, I'm realizing, you know, as Tom Holland fixes every criticism ever made about him, I'm like, these guys listen. Yeah. They were saying, you want Spider-Man to go through it? All right, we're going to kill Aunt May. Yeah. I mean, that's never happened before. Yeah. And this is an Aunt May that we have seen in two previous films. So we, we like her. She's cool. And Marvel's like, nope, we're going to kill her. Yeah. I mean, they pulled a Game of Thrones on us. They did and then it's like, you know, Spider-Man hasn't had to make the ultimate decision. At the end, he makes the world forget he's even Peter Parker. He's nobody. Yeah. And then he sees his friend and girlfriend, and he's like, oh. Let him go. I mean, dude, that hurt me to watch. Like, he made that decision. He's like, Peter Parker is like, I can't be Peter Parker. Yeah. I have to be Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's crazy because the only one of them that ever got their happy ending was actually Tobey Maguire. Yep. Because he got oh, M yeah. he got MJ in the end, even though Harry died. That was sad. But yeah. then, dude, with uh, Andrew Garfield, they cut his series short. He lost Gwen, and that was it. Oh, yeah. And now Tom Holland, man, he lost everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, dude, they that's, went there. They went there. And and I and I this is my final thought. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow because, on the one hand, you are right, you are right that the deep and this is J House history. I can't believe I'm freaking admitting this. I will give to you that from a business perspective, from a suits perspective. When we talk about business and trying to keep up with competition, yes, Warner Brothers rushed the hell out of the DCEU. They did. Now, I only clap very quickly before you say anything. I only clap because I've been making that point for three years. And I'm so happy that you finally admit that. Thank you. Continue. It's a, 
it's it's a valid point. I will give you that from a business perspective because we all, were. That's all I've ever said. That's all I've never. I mean, I could argue about the story being rushed too, from a creative standpoint. But that's even that's not Zach's fault. Even yeah. that's not entirely his fault because, yeah. like I said, the the being rushed element was having all of those characters in one movie. And having that much story in one film. Yeah. You know, it's the same way like in Game of Thrones. You tried to do in three episodes what could have, should have taken you another season to finish. Yeah. And and that's, and that, that's what I'm saying. When we, like, one thing I'm not, from a business decision, I'm, I'm going to say it was rushed. Yes. But when I talk about the artistic side, because we had, we had that podcast where we had to split it. And because we were coming from two different perspectives on the same point, we we just had to separate it between what was business and what was creative. So I'm given that from business. Yes, it was rushed. But what I will stand on, and this is the hill I will die on, is that there is not a director in Hollywood who could have done what Zack did with Batman v Superman for all the rushing that was given by the studio and for all of that. That film, to me, in my opinion, and to a cult following of others, that film is still a masterpiece. And to the point, and even outside of that, even outside of that, from the beginning, when they were doing the Man of Steel press runs, and people don't like it when I bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, because it's the flat-out truth. The reviewer asked Zach, hey, what do you guys think about Marvel? And Zach's like, I love what Marvel's doing. I love Marvel. I love the fact that they've mastered this sort of action with a balance of comedy. And they've, you know, I'm glad that they're doing that. It's awesome. But he said, for the record, DC should stick to what DC does best and go in a different creative direction, which is what he tried to do. And that back and forth with Marvel and all that fighting. And then you take into account what happened with his daughter. Even after that, I don't even have the patience and will to fight with you anymore. So, okay, he walks away. We understand that. So it's it's not always as clear-cut as people make it seem. From a business decision, yes, it was rushed, but Zach was really trying to do something special for DC, and I think, and, I, and he accomplished it to me. He did. Well, dude, he'll always, dude, look, even if you don't like the DCU, he did a bang-up job on Watchmen. I'll always give him Watchmen. That's always a masterpiece. Always. And now, and now, and even then, since WB wants to separate themselves, they can't even say that Snyder's work was early DCEU anymore. No, they burned that bridge. They said, nope, that's the Snyderverse. That's a different continuity. Okay, so take away Suicide Squad. Y'all can have Wonder Woman, and y'all can have Justice League, Aquaman, and all that other shit. Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman, and ZSJL are is its own Snyderverse universe. You can go on the HBO app right now, and they will show you that these Snyderverse. That's what they put it as. Three movies. Okay. Shout out to HBO Max. Shout out to HBO Max for that. Thank you. So now, in the future, when we look back at the best of what DC had to offer, as far for as far as the cinematic universe effort. The Snyderverse will be there. That is it. Three films, three masterpieces, in my opinion. 
that were the best and brightest chance of a cinematic universe for DC. Everything else, okay, that's WB. And here's the part that kills me. is How how do you have two geniuses in Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder and you let them both go? Right. Even beyond that, how in the fuck did you not listen to Christopher Nolan when he brought Zack on and told you to trust this man? How did... So you wasn't listening to Chris by doing that. The, the man who made you what you are today, right? I mean, look, Zach's not like I'll put it this way: Zach Snyder was walking on the bridge that Nolan built. Yeah, Nolan opened that door. Zach just came through and started bringing all the traffic with it, all of it, all of it. I just the, the, the fact- two biggest innovators. The fact that I know that Nolan will never again direct a DC movie kills me. That hurts. Because I would have loved to have seen Christopher Nolan Nightwing. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like a Nightwing I, movie. I would have loved to have seen like a full blown, like fourth Christian Bale Batman where like he takes a Robin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like just have like a whole Bat family universe. I've always wanted yeah. to see that, but now I know that Nolan's gone. That will sadly never happen. It'll never happen. But on the bright side, No Way Home, 10 out of 10. Yes, No Way Home, 10 out of 10. No freaking complaints. Not one. Will My I- only complaint about the film is that they couldn't announce another one long enough, but they announced Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, so, <laughs> you know, Marvel's about to, like I said in the beginning, man, Marvel's not stopping. They're still digging in the bag. They're not they're even speeding up. Yeah, they're only heating up with this second, second gen, second generation of Marvel films. They, so many characters, you know, possibilities are open. Charlie Cox was in Daredevil. Spoilers to anyone. I haven't watched Hawkeye, but they said Kingpin was in Hawkeye. Whoa, whoa. So, like, now the Netflix, there's hope for what was part of the Marvel Netflix, uh, which is in the MCU, apparently, but they said it was just small scale. So, like, now there's even speculation of that. John Bernthal might come back and play Punisher in the MCU. I don't like. Yes. All kind, bro, all kinds of doors are open now. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have to set, sit with the fact that while Marvel's doing all this, uh, DC's got another Batman movie coming out, and it's gonna be their highest. Gross- oh shit, dude! It's Come gonna on. be their highest grossing film for a while. Man, oh, bro. You, you had to say it. I had to, cause you can't, you can't sit here and be like, "Here's another Batman movie." After we just gave you Darkseid and all his glory, and Steppenwolf and Wonder Woman and Cyborg and could have had Green Lantern, but we were like, no, you can only use Martian Man. Like, no. So now we're going to have to sit with that. That is the consequence of this. We're going to have to sit with the fact of what we could have had, but knowing that it just ends at a four-hour movie. The greatness of a DC Cinematic Universe boils down to one four-hour movie and two other films that preceded it. That is what we have to sit with. The best of the DC Cinematic Universe was another trilogy another trilogy that was it that's it 
That's the consequence. But enjoy the Batman movie, though. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there to watch it. And the one after that. And the one after that. And then after they recast Batman again. Another one after that. You know. Warner Brothers is like... The same. And if we're lucky, there might be a Superman movie sprinkled in somewhere. Maybe. But this same day theater release and HBO Max is hurting them. They Man, WB hasn't made a billion since Joker. And the biggest thing they've had for DC on HBO Max was Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's hurting them. Doesn't help that the Matrix Resurrections was a hot pile of... does not help it just doesn't help one it wasn't that bad it was that bad it was so bad it was so woke that it went to sleep that's how bad it was it pays no respect to matrix or matrix reloaded or revolutions it pays no respect it was trash a cash grab no honest nostalgia in it at all there's a difference between bringing in nostalgia for money like force awakens and 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 this film respectively did and then there's a difference between being honest with it like no way home big difference big fat difference and wb just doesn't wb doesn't know how to do anything right they can't do anything right a batman movie might be the only thing that they could do right sadly that's just the blunt reality of it they can't even do a cinematic universe right so like i <laughs> it is what it is bro it, it you know it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. You had to go there. I had to go there. I'm walking out of no way home. I turn around and everyone's mind is blown. I'm like, y'all. I turn around. I'm like, bro, that's not even the first of it. You thought that was amazing. Fantastic Four hasn't even got here. X-Men haven't even got here. Oh, Miss Marvel hasn't even got here. Damn it. Marvel has is digging so deep in the bag. You thought Shang-Chi was amazing. Oh my god. They haven't even got to the bottom of the bag with what they could do with how many characters they have. You thought that was amazing. She. That's just what it is. Um, I'm I'm the... it... That's just what it is. Yeah, it, 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 it... Just go ahead and end the podcast. I'm done. I got, I have nothing more to say. That's what it is, man. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Eric Houston. That's your boy, Evan Elliott, epic co-host. Pleasure to be back with you guys. We will catch you guys later for the next episode of J House Podcast Radio. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.